What's going on, everyone? Alex De Silva, Happy as Larry Group. I hope you are well, and welcome to another episode of the Feel Good Show. I'm uh, really looking forward to this episode because my guest today is, um, he kind of follows two communities which I follow, and I'm really excited about this because it's very hard to come across somebody that does this, and he does it at you know, at uh, an athlete's level as well. So my guest today is Tim Mustian. He is an addict in recovery, which we're going to cover. And he's also a CrossFit athlete as well. And um, I'm really looking forward to this, man. So welcome to the show, Tim. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. No worries, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I actually just got back from a little vacation over to Spain and actually the UK. Yeah. So I'm a little bit jet lagged right now, but but it's it's been a couple of days, so I'm uh, I'm a little bit better. But just getting back into the swing of things, really down here. Nice man. What brought you to the UK? Uh, my cousin was actually getting married. My mother's from Scotland, um, and her sister, uh, her sister's daughter, my 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 cousin was getting married, and so we decided to kind of expand the trip to uh, the UK to first go to Spain. Uh, we went to Barcelona, we went to Madrid, we did a music festival in Madrid, and then we went to San Sebastian, and then um, we uh, we went over to the UK to Sheffield, just outside of Sheffield, Chesterfield, um, and stayed at my Nana's house, and then, you know, went to go see my cousin get married. So, nice. Yeah, yeah, really cool. Oh, that's awesome, man. So you've got British roots as well. Yes, I do. Royal blood. <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome. <laughs> Well, look, you know what, the, the, the interesting thing, uh, and I'm going to kind of just, you know, take us to a bit of a backstory, how I came across your, your, your profile. Um, CrossFit launched a video, you know, a little bit about your story, where you came from and how you kind of got into CrossFit. And you, your, your video really captured me, you know, and, because like you, you know, I'm, I'm also in recovery as well. And, and that really captured me. And, and you're also into CrossFit, but you're at that kind of regional level. And um, I was really, really interested in, in just having a chat with you and, and really understanding about your your life. And um, talk to me a little bit about, you know, how it kind of all started for you, because I guess the sobriety is what led you into CrossFit, right? Yeah, you know what? I, I had uh, my mother actually got me a group on the CrossFit back in 2011, and that was like my first. You know, I, I did three classes or so at a local CrossFit gym in California, um, but then you know that was that was it. Uh, I, I didn't end up continuing to do that. It wasn't until uh, 2013 that I kind of started going back, but that was also the time that. Um, I started to fall really heavy into into using drugs and, and, and drinking on a daily basis. So mm-hmm. I would go here and there, but it'd be, you know, once every two weeks or, or something like that. Nowhere where I was able to to progress and to, you know, meet those like expectations that I was putting on myself. I was just, you know, absolutely, you know, I, I'm sure you can relate in, in some way. I was completely delusional mm-hmm. um, as to what was going on. So when I ended up getting sober in 2015, that was when, uh, you know, I decided to um, put my recovery in front of everything else, really, because, you know, I, I, I wanted to do CrossFit. I wanted to, you know, do all these things. But 
I always ended up putting those things in front of my recovery. And then like I would relapse again. And those would be the first things that I lost. So it wasn't until I was, you know, um, you know, not done working on myself because I work on myself on a daily basis. Right. But point where I was able to start helping other people and um, to a point where I was kind of, I had a routine and, you know, schedule, and then I was able to hop back into it in 2016. And, and so really from 2016 up until now, I've been doing CrossFit, I like to say, because I've been doing it since then consistently on a yeah. basis. So talk to me a little bit about your your journey into recovery, because yeah. that's such a huge thing. And, and, and like you, you know, it's, it's kind of that step 12 thing, you know, where it is about helping somebody else. And, it's you know, it's about getting that journey, that story yeah. across, you know, to, to yeah. people who, who are struggling. One of the key things just for, for relevance is, you know, a lot of the people that listen, I think now the, the audience is, is a lot broader now. It goes into male and female. But the show yeah. when I first started a podcast was originally just for, for men. So this is yeah. aimed at, at men who, who are going through what we we have. And because you know as well as I do, you know, men, we're very proud. You know, we're very egotistical. And especially when we're suffering and when we're struggling, it's hard to 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 get these issues across, right? So, yeah. talk me through, you know, what you went through with your addiction and how it kind of got started and how bad it, it got for you before you changed. Yeah. So, um, I kind of like to say that I've had you know untreated alcoholism since you know the day that I was born, um, since the day that I started you know. Uh, competing in, in BMX racing, when I started playing baseball, when I started, you know, doing all these sports, I started to, to develop that, um, attitude of like everything or nothing, you know, all or nothing. Yeah. And for a long time, you know, that was okay because I was a child, I was naive to what was going on outside and all I wanted to do was sports. And I got really good at them. I mean, you know, playing baseball in China, uh, you know, World Cup in BMX, you know, everything like that. There's, a, you know, I, I, I've done a lot of things as far as sports and then into football um, in high school. But when I transitioned into high school, that's when I started to really get involved with with the drinking and, and um, soon thereafter drugging. It was kind of just everything all at once. And I took that same attitude that I used to take as a child into sports mm-hmm. and I put that into drugs and drinking. Yeah. So I always had this. I always had that. I was always doing this. I was always doing that. I just absolutely loved the way that it made me feel. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it says that I, I just love the effects produced by alcohol and, and everything else. And that's all I wanted to do really at the end of the day. I would do whatever I had to do before then, whether it was going to school, going to football practice, doing that. But at the end of the day, that was always something that I fell back onto. Like I have to do all of this so that I can do this at the end of the night to make me feel. Yeah. Um, And you know, those habits kind of developed over time in high school. I was a football player. I was 275 pounds. I was a big guy. I'm not meant to be 275 pounds Mm -hmm. in so my knees really hurt my back really hurt I had hyperextended my neck turns out now I know that I actually fractured one of my vertebrae back in high school playing football 
So I had back pain that I didn't really know what was going on. And, um, you know, one thing led to another and, and, uh, I was given this little blue pill before a football practice saying like, Hey, this is going to make you feel good. Um, not knowing what it actually was. It was, it was Oxycontin. And I kind of did that throughout the season and, and I didn't really know what it was. I just knew that it was, it made me okay. And I was able to play, uh, play games, play, or, you know, go to practice. I could barely walk off the field after practice, but you know, this little, this little thing helped me get through that. So when the season was over, I didn't have that mental obsession that I needed that, or that, you know, took me out of wherever I wanted to be in, into that state of feeling, you know, good that I was chasing and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Fast forward a couple of years into college. And it was one of these days that I, I, uh, you know, go over to somebody's house when I'm really hung over looking for something to, you know, take, take the ease off the hangover. And I saw one of those little blue pills and I was like, let me try one of those because I remember a few years ago that made me feel pretty good. And I could use that right now. Yeah. And boom, that was, I was off, you know, mm-hmm. August started using Oxycontin and, and, you know, so fast in September I was, uh, I was using heroin. Um, wow. I'm through all my money, you know, from that day that I went to that house and, and wanted one of those to, you know, a month later, I didn't have any money in my bank account. I was just taking that money that I was getting like allowance every week while I was up in college. And, you know, as soon as I would get it, it'd be gone. And, uh, then it just started progressing, you know, the things that I had to do in order to get what I wanted, what I needed to function on a daily basis. And I started, um, you know, my morals went out the door. I started, you know, lying, stealing, cheating on a daily basis. Things that I didn't do normally growing up. I always had a like very figurative imagination and um, might have lied a little bit as a child. I think a lot of people can relate to that. But like once I started needing this substance every single day to get through to like be okay, it everything went out the door. You know, my, my mother, my father, they didn't raise me like that, nor did I want to act like that. It was just, I couldn't help it. That was just, that's, that's what those things turn me into. Like bugs turn me into that person, turn me into that person who you couldn't trust, who you didn't want to be around. You didn't know what he was going to do. You didn't know how he was going to react. Um, he could be feeling, you know, I could be feeling really good and then just kind of snap all of a sudden, um, and, you know, I, 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 I then began to start isolating and removing myself from all these people, from what I had thought were uh, people, you know, expecting me to do certain things and, and um, not so much like expecting me, but I, I just had this like crazy vision of, of what was going on when that was not, you know, reality. That was not what was going on. That was just what was going on in, in my messed up head. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I just pushed myself away from all these people and, and just began to isolate. And, you know, one thing led to another, like I said, we started doing things that you didn't want to do. I, I kind of ran into a little, um, trouble, not with the law. Luckily, knock on wood. I, I still yet to this day have not had any run-ins with the law that that'd be <laughs> running now in sobriety, but it, it would be okay because I'm over and everything. But, um, 
you know, I got into a little fiasco and, and the next day I ended up going into rehab for the first time and I was in 2014. Um, and you know, from 2014 to 2015, I went to three, four other treatment centers. Um, I was that kind of chronic relapser who would get out, be okay, running the show, you know, on my own self will, uh, my, sh- you know, the way that I used to choose to, uh, stay sober was terrible. You know, it led me to relapsing within a week of getting out of treatment mm-hmm. and just, I just kind of, at that point, I had just kind of told myself like, this is going to kind of be my life. Like, I'm not sure how to escape this. I want to escape this, but this is, I, I just, I, I kind of almost accepted it after a little while. And like, this is how it's going to be just going to be miserable and all this stuff. But luckily I have, I have a really loving family. I have really loving people close to me and, and they always saw the good in me. They always saw that I could get out of this. Uh, but it, it wasn't so much what they wanted. It, it came down to what I wanted and when I wanted to get help. So nobody could help me get sober. So they could help me get sober, but they couldn't help me stay sober. It was ultimately up to me and how I chose to go about that. Um, and I didn't want it at that point. I, I, I was 21. Who, like, how are you going to tell a 21 year old, like, can't drink, can't party, do all this stuff. And like, my friends are normal people and I see them and they're doing the same thing that I was doing. But like, I guess they weren't staying up till 5 a.m. till everybody fell asleep and, and doing more stuff at 5 a.m. Like that was, that was me though. And that's the part that I didn't see on is like, yeah, they might do the same thing, but they can go to class the next day tomorrow and forget about that. Whereas I stay up all night. I'm, I I can't stop thinking about it. I want more. I want more. I want more, you know, all all this crazy stuff. So I I got down to a, a really low point in my life where I was in Colorado and, and I, I met, I met amazing people out in Colorado, but still that I was not ready. Um, I didn't really want it and I wasn't willing to surrender. I wasn't willing to, take suggestions and and listen to people because I was so stubborn and, and I I wanted, you know, I was a big, strong guy. Like I can do this myself. I I just wasn't willing to, to listen really. Um, so that landed me homeless out in Colorado, uh, for, for a little bit of time. And, and it wasn't until then that I just, I wouldn't say that I had a moment of clarity because there was nothing clear going on in my mind at the, point because I was really messed up, but I knew, I knew that this was not what I wanted. I knew that given the opportunity, I would change my life and I would, you know, I would do anything that anybody told me to do to stay sober. You know, it, I would listen to anybody at this point because I was so unhappy. I was so scared, uh, for my life and, and, just like not knowing what was going to happen. I, I, I kind of this like internal dialogue, this internal feeling that I could get better given the opportunity, like I said, but I just don't know how, like my parents didn't want to talk to me. My friends didn't want to talk to me. You know, this was at a point where I burned every bridge 
and they had to do what was right for them and, and remove themselves from, from my life. And like, that was a really hard thing to do. And, and obviously like that was probably the hardest thing my parents have ever had to do was to say like, look, we're not going to talk to you anymore. That's a pretty hard thing to, to come around to. Um, and you know, after a few weeks of in and out of, you know, couches out sleeping outside and, and all this stuff, I had, you know, I had completely run out of every single thing. I had nothing at that point. And I had kind of this moment where I was, where I was sitting there and I just said, I'm going to get help. I'm going to, I'm going to basically search for help as hard as I was searching for drugs and, and searching for, you know, whatever I needed to fill this void. And I'm going to, I'm going to get help. And so I'd call my parents, call my parents, call my parents, not stop calling them. They just wouldn't answer. And I kept doing that. I kept doing that. I kept doing that. And I started trying to reach out to other people saying, I need help. I need help. I want help and all this stuff. And, you know, one day my parents answered the phone and, you know, I just broke down and, and at the end of the conversation, they decided to give me one more shot. I don't know. I don't know how they did at that point, but there's, you know, obviously something that, or somebody, something that, you know, wanted to see this through and, um, you know, higher power. I I like to say a higher power kind of stepped in, Mm -hmm. in my life and and gave me that second chance, the second chance, like fifth or sixth chance. Um, But at that point it was me who wanted it, not, not anybody else. It was me. And I was, I was really ready. So at that point, uh, I packed, I packed up, I got, I got my bag, uh, hopped on a plane, went home to California for a day or two, and then straight to Florida where I've been ever since and have, you know, been sober ever since. And that was, that was the turning point was really when I had just isolated myself and, 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 uh, removed myself from everything and, and was homeless like that that's that's a really bad thing but like that's what i needed mm. for me, everybody's journey is a little bit different that's what i needed because i was you know in my own head and 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 all that so that's where that brought me and that's kind of that uh, might have been a little bit longer than i expected but that's like a little shortened version of how i got to florida mm. and to how i um you know got to be able to start doing what I'm doing here now. So it's amazing. And and I think with, you know, how you explained it, just you explaining it, I was listening so intently and now thinking, God, that's just exactly like me, you know, the journey that you went through and it's that progression, isn't it? You know, the progression of just getting to that point where you fall off a couple of times. And I remember, just doing chairs and speaking to people and speaking publicly and just thinking the amount of times I said to people, you know, people said, oh, how many, you know, um, rock bottoms did you have? I said, I've, I lost count. I had yeah. so many of them. I had so many of these rock bottoms. I'd hit a rock bottom and go, right, I need to stop doing this. I need to change. And I'd go back into doing the same pattern of behavior. And the same thing just kept happening and happening every single time until exactly like you, something just snapped and I said, I've got to, to sort my life out. You know, I've got to do something. But it wasn't 
materialistic. It wasn't from a materialistic perspective. You know, I had things around, but nothing lavish or, or, or anything, you know, grand or anything like that. But what did it for me was the emotional bankruptcy. Uh, that's what did it for me, man. That's, that's exactly. And I think everybody has their own story. Everybody's done everybody's done their own thing. Everybody's gone through what they've gone through. It's, it's, it differs from individual to individual, but I think sure you can attest to this. Everybody has those same feelings, whether, whether you're on the other side of the world or, or, you know, male or female, the things that we did were different, but the way that we felt most likely was the same. So that's what, I think it's really cool where almost every single person can, can relate to stories like that. And I think that's, what's really important, you know, with, with the stuff that I'm doing now, you know, with, uh, so my wife is, um, is an addiction therapist. Um, so she, she's in recovery as well. She's been in recovery for, for about four years. And, um, and it's interesting. So, you know, we've, we've kind of both been on this journey and we've worked with people in recovery and outside of recovery, and it's really interesting that one of the common things that I found with people who are in recovery and the, you know, the normal people, as we call them, you know, who don't have um, addictive problems, um, yeah. the emotional side, the emotional issues that we all face are exactly the same. Yeah. Are exactly the same. And the funniest thing that I'm learning is that addiction now is one of these things that is, it's, it's, unfortunately, it's kind of been labeled more towards how you and I got into recovery. Do you know what I mean? Through the drugs, through the alcohol, you know, food, sex, you know, however you want to kind of label it, where it kind of brought us to our knees bad enough that we had to go, I'm done, you know? And, yeah. and I say to people all the time, you know what? We are so lucky that he brought us to, to that point where we had to go, you know what, I'm done. Like, I have to change. It's either that or I'll die. And I tried a few times, and I'm sure you got to that point of desperation where it was enough was enough. But the funny thing is, you know, even just kind of normal people, and I know some of the listeners, you know, relate to this as well, is that that emotional bankruptcy we we all go through. But it's interesting the the pattern of behaviors that we learn in order to cope with those problems. Do you see what I mean? That's yeah. kind of the slight difference is that you and I found our solution at the time. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which was, you know, drugs and alcohol and so on and so forth. And it's interesting that other people would then, you know, focus on something else like uh, things that are not seen as, you know, there are more socially acceptable. So, you know, being addicted to work, being addicted to social media. So, yeah. you know, fulfilling their self-esteem by how many likes you get on a post or how many people watch your videos and so on and so forth. Do you see what I mean? It's yeah. interesting how people are now using, uh, you know, their kind of coping mechanisms in just slightly different ways now because there are more ways available. It's just that yeah. they're not seen you know, in the same light as it was seen with you and I. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. But so how the, so talk to me about the, the, the CrossFit side. You obviously came into recovery, you got yourself sorted and you just jumped into, into CrossFit. Yeah. Uh, I, I said, I, when I got into recovery in 2015, I wanted to give myself the best shot possible 
and doing that, I, 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 I kind of meant that I wanted to work the steps. I wanted to, you know, have at least six months. Um, and I wanted to start helping other people before I hopped in into the CrossFit gym. I wanted to get everything in my life in order so that when I started pursuing CrossFit and, and going to CrossFit, I was able to cope with some of those feelings that I might have had previously where I would start, you know, obsessing about, about CrossFit, about working out, about eating and, and all this stuff and just have that run my life for a little while and then become miserable and then use drugs to combat that aka relapse. So I wanted to get all my, you know, everything in line before I hopped back into that. Um, not to say that I wasn't, you know, working out or, or eating unhealthy and doing stuff like that. I was, I was going to the gym here and there, not every single day. I was, I was eating relatively well. I was smoking cigarettes then and, um, things of that nature. But like when I decided that it was time to get back in the gym, it was, it's kind of easy for me. I've always been able to pick things up relatively quick, whatever it is. And, um, and just kind of do well at them. I guess I, I ran into issues in the beginning because my lower back was really hurting and, and I had an incident, you know, a year earlier where I, where I fell off a bike and I ended up, bulging a disc in my lower back. Uh, I, I kind of had to deal with that for a little while in the beginning, but I was able to, through exercise, correct that and actually basically pop that bulging disc back in. Oh, wow. Through working with all the little muscles in the spine, getting those strong, and they kind of like sucked it. Um, so, you know... I kind of say this like normal people would get injured in the gym and be like, Oh no, like I can't, I can't go to the gym anymore. I, I got to rest. But like, I believe that, that that might, that might work, but why not go to the gym and, and fix whatever is wrong through corrective exercise and stuff like that. So that's what I did. Um, and I could go on, on, on that for, for a long time. Cause I see it all the time, but yeah. Yeah, I, it was a couple of weeks before the open that I started going. And, you know, I did the open in 2016, got 196 place in the Southeast. Wow. Um, the, the, the guys at the gym, you know, the coaches, the owners and everything were kind of like, damn, who's this guy? Um, I had started hanging out with them and, and getting involved at the gym more so uh, than I was when I started. And that just kind of started to grow. And, and during those years that I was going through, you know, my addiction, I actually somehow accumulated my level one, my level two and my CrossFit football certification. (laughs) And so after that, I, I kind of let them know, I was like, Hey, like I, I have all these certifications and I would like love to get involved with the gym because the gym that they have down here is and, and a lot of people can, can understand this. Like everybody thinks their gym is different than other people's and it is, you know, in their own special way. I just absolutely loved what was going on here. And I'm so happy that I fell into this gym and, and I just got involved there. And when we, we are in a really, a pretty small location and then we moved to a bigger location in August of 2016 Mm-hmm. And they asked me to start coaching 
And so that's when I started coaching. That's when I was able to stop working where I was working and start working at the gym. So I was able to spend more time there. I was able to start working out more. And I just started progressing and progressing and progressing. And by the time the Open came around in 2017, I got 33rd in the Open. Um, so, you know, almost 160 spots better than, than the year previous. Yeah. Okay. And I ended up going to regionals that year on a team. Our, our gym, you know, put together three guys and three girls and we went up to Atlanta and we competed in the regionals that year. So that was, you know, obviously an amazing experience, like one year in a CrossFit and getting to go to regionals yeah, and be on a team. That was awesome. Uh, I just always had it in my mind, like, ah, man, like I want to, I want to do this as an individual. I want to play with the big boys, you know? Yeah. So that was kind of what was in my head. And that's, that's what I did after that was just work on the small things, work on my weaknesses. And again, everything started getting better and better and better. And by 2018, you know, it came around and I ended up getting ninth place in the open and, I was able to get to go to regionals and, and like I said, compete with the big boys, compete with those guys that I started watching, you know, three, four years ago when I started CrossFit, yeah. you know, Harrison, the Travis Mayer, Bramble, all those guys. And, you know, I look over to my left and, and there they are. They're right next to me. Eating some of them too, you know, it's, yeah, it's, it's fun. I love it. So that's, that's kind of how I got involved with the CrossFit thing is, you know, I just picked it back up again. I had everything in order in my life and I was making my recovery the priority. And then because of that, I was able to do something that I was passionate about, AKA CrossFit. And I was able to get better and better and better. Yeah. So talk to me <clears throat> because your, your, your journey is incredible, you know, to, to, for somebody who, you know, whether you're, you're young, you know, or, or whether, you're not, you know, I think everybody relates to, you know, to, to going through, you know, tough times, good times, you know, and then being able to kind of come out the other side. And I think that's one of the, the most important things for me when I'm speaking to somebody, you know, whether I meet them or whether it's on here, you know, that's why I, I love stories. I love, you know, people who, <clears throat> who prove that nothing's impossible. And that is the, uh, and that's the one thing that I, I, I really, really like, you know. And uh, what did you do differently, you know, to, because especially the way CrossFit has grown over the years, you know. And when I, yeah. I've only been doing CrossFit now for, for about seven months and I absolutely love it, you know. And yeah. I'm doing my first competition, you know, at my local box and I'm hoping to, to keep yeah. growing from that, you know. And uh what did you do, you know, to kind of, to, to get you to that level where you are now, you know, what was your training and, you know, how, yeah. How did you get yourself into that place? Uh, man, work on the things that you don't want to work on. I mean, I could, I could just like leave it at that, but there's a ton more that I'd like to talk about. Really it's do those things that you don't want to do. Hmm. Uh, I could go to the gym and I could back squat every day because I love back squatting. I can back squat 500 pounds and, and everything like that. My leg is really strong. I got tree trunks of legs. So anything leg related wall balls of, um, 
and all this stuff, but like, I'm a bigger guy, you know, I weigh 215 pounds. So those things that I don't do well in or, you know, handstand stuff, handstand pushups, handstand walking, gymnastics, I'm, I'm relatively well, I can hold my own ground and everything, but it, it's just those little and, and I have overhead mobility issues from the damage that I did to my back and everything. My scapulas are just like locked in tight. And I, it's hard for me to get bars over my head to lock out. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's those things that I wasn't really good at that I knew I needed to get better at. That was just really hard because they were really time consuming. And I didn't want to spend so much time doing that because it wasn't that much fun or, or it was really hard. I, I'd rather do something that I'm really good at. Um, you know, cause I'm an addict. I want to do stuff that I'm good at. I don't want to do stuff that I'm not. Yeah. I don't want to feel bad about myself. I want to feel really good about my, I want that instant gratification. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't until I kind of switched focus and, and realized what needed to be done. You know, those, those weaknesses that I, I had talked about. Um, and then, you know, beyond that, it's, it's the nutrition too. I, I almost say that, you can't out train a shitty diet. So if you're training three, four hours a day, but then you're going home eating burger fries, shakes and, and, and all this stuff and not getting those nutrients that you need, the the carbs and, and protein and fat in on a daily basis. And especially around your workouts. And like I said, you can't out train that. So um, I started to, really look at the food that I was eating and, and I wasn't so much eating for pleasure or eating, you know, for something to taste really good for, for pleasure. I was, I was eating for fuel and I was eating to, um, be better in the gym and, and, you know, to, to sleep better, to, to just perform better overall, every aspect really. So, you know, I started, started eating better. I started counting my macros and, and trying that whole thing out. And it was just a combination of everything like that. I, I started going to bed earlier. I started making sleep a priority. Mm-hmm. Eight hours every day. I, I, I need eight hours these days. I, I, I feel like I cannot function <laughs> less than that. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. Uh, I need sleep because the, damage that I put my body through on a daily basis. Mm. Uh, I, I need as much time as I can for my natural system to kind of reboot and to grow. So that's where sleep comes in. Sleep is huge, you know? And uh, yeah. so, yeah, it's just like a combination of, of, of hard work, working on those things that you don't want to work on nutrition, sleep. And then I, I, I like to, I like to also say that it's, it's not, you know, there's another aspect that's like very overlooked that I find a lot of people in this sport don't really have, which is like kind of a social life. Mm-hmm. You know, people, people at the level that I'm competing at, this is just how I feel. And this is how it's like, how I see it sometimes is they don't, they don't necessarily have like the biggest social life. Like they're not going out, they're not having fun with their friends. They're not, going fishing they're not doing whatever it is that they want to do you know they're just consumed by working out and and going to the gym i like to kind of i like to kind of find that time to go do the things that i want to do 
Um, I, I love fishing. I live in Florida. You can, you can catch some big fish just right off. It's, it's amazing. And I, and I love it. It's something like that where I'll get all my stuff done so that I can go enjoy, you know, something that I want to do. Hmm. I'll get my stuff done, you know, in the morning so that I can take, you know, my beautiful girlfriend out to dinner and, and to spend time with her and, and, and my dog who's laying on the couch right now, you know, get outside of the gym and yeah. those things that, that people are supposed to jo- enjoy. And, and if you have a really happy life and you feel really good and, and you're surrounded by other good people, then like the gym is just an extra bonus. And, and for me, it's like, it's, it's definitely, it's, it, I'm able to be at the gym, you know, four or five hours at a time training, coaching, whatnot, because I know that I get to go hang out with my friends later and, and, and have some fun outside of there. And, um, I, I never want it to seem like I, it's a chore, mm-hmm. right? The day that I don't want to go and I don't want to train and this just sounds terrible and yada, yada, yada is kind of the day that I got to, figure out what I really want to do. And, and for me right now, that's not the case. Like I I absolutely love every second that I'm in there. And um, I think it's because I just had this well-balanced life and, you know, getting involved in in the fellowship around the the community. And like I said, surrounding myself with people on a daily basis. Yeah. So what's your, and now I'm going to kind of mix the two because, you know, the reason I reached out to you is because you, you kind of brought the two together, you know, you, you, you brought, cause you, you train at uh, temperance training, right. And you yep. mixed fellowship and CrossFit together. Yep. Let's talk about that and how that came about. Okay. So I love talking about this, this is the best now. Yeah, man. So like everything that I was just talking about um, is, is because of, you know, what I'm about to talk about. And, uh, when I went to, so I'll just give you a little background on how it got started. Mm-hmm. Went to that gym. I didn't know anybody there. Um, but at, over time, I was able to get to know people. And I met a few people who were in recovery themselves there. My sponsor actually works there. Ah, cool. So uh, it, it wasn't until, you know, a little while after I got to know him that I asked him to be my sponsor. Uh, and then I started working there at, at CrossFit Hype. Mm-hmm. So we started going to, we were working at CrossFit Hype. Mm-hmm. In, in training there and one day I, I go to him like man I just want to blend these things these two things together recovery and CrossFit let's do something how can we do this so we had we had thought like hey we're gonna get we're gonna bring CrossFit into treatment centers we're in the rehab capital of the world here yeah there's places on every corner and, and all that it's huge down here so we initially thought like, Hey, we're going to go to treatment centers and bring them CrossFit classes and everything like that. But over time, after we kind of started getting going on that, started getting the plan in place, it just didn't really seem like the right thing to do going out and asking money, you know, asking people to pay for our, our service. We wanted to be more altruistic in our approach and, and really just ask for nothing in return. We just want other people to do what we're doing because mm-hmm found something that works and we want to share that with other people because at the end of the day, it's all about helping out somebody else. And you're not really helping out somebody else. If you're kind of like 
forced into a situation and, and like, say at a treatment center, like, Hey, you got to take this class, right? Mm -hmm. We want people to, to kind of hear about it from other people and be like, this is so fun. You got to come check it out. Like it's super cool. So that's the day that the idea of, of, um, sober Sundays was born and, and we decided like, Hey, look, we're just going to do a free CrossFit class for anybody in the recovery community at 9am on Sunday and call it sober Sundays. So our first class we had, you know, a few close friends and, and it was like six people, me, my sponsor, and then, you know, four other people. And just over time, people, you know, we started getting it out there a little bit more. It's, it's still pretty much done our like marketing, I would say not even marketing. We just have like an Instagram account and a Facebook and really it's just word of mouth. So it started off at six people in April of 2017. And, you know, now we're seeing like 50, 60 people every Sunday. Wow. And it's just like, we, we probably had, you know, 2,500 people come through our door to, to, to work out. Wow. Um, people every week. And it's, it's absolutely amazing. I, I couldn't tell you, you know, actually I could, it, it makes me feel so good. It makes me feel like I'm doing what I was set out to do. And those things that, you know, I want to accomplish kind of all fall, fall under this, which is like helping somebody else out and, and helping people out. What we really did was just create a program. Like I said, we found something that worked for us so that, so then we decided to give that to other people. And, and when the sober Sunday started blowing up and getting really big, we opened up weekday classes. So we have five classes during the week, Monday through Friday from one to 2 PM. Mm-hmm. And we call that weekday warriors. And, uh, we have like f- probably 15 people that come like every day, the same people. Oh, wow. They bring new people and, and their friends and stuff like that. But uh, a lot of the people that come work in the treatment industry and everything, so they, their shifts are kind of off and they can always come during that one o'clock. Yeah. So it's, we got this really, really cool weekday crew. And then, and then on the you know weekend, we have our just giant crew and we have a couple of local treatment centers that ban over, you know, people that want to go. Yeah. Uh, I'll hop in. So we just created this giant environment where my sponsor and I are just giving to everybody else what was, you know, so freely given to us. And, and it created this giant community down here. You know, we, those people that come during the week and on Sunday are now some of my best friends. We're hanging out every day. We're going to meetings all the time together. It's just this crazy community community that you see inside uh, the rooms um, kind of brought out into real life and in, in, in a in a situation like a CrossFit gym that's, that's just like a really healthy place to be and so all these people who work really solid programs who are like doing the right thing coming together under one roof it's just like an explosion it's amazing you know? it's, it's, every day it sounds absolutely incredible man and I think the I um my my wife now 
who's you know she's in recovery and when when we first joined the gym which is literally just around the corner from where we live here I first walked into the gym and all I could hear when I was walking towards the gym door I could just hear the the bars smashing yeah. onto the floor and yeah. I thought oh man this is not my kind of gym you know I don't want to train with you know egotistic people I was kind of in recovery so I was trying to change my ways you know I didn't want to go back into that kind of stuff and as soon as I walked in and they started talking to me about CrossFit, I didn't realize what it was. I heard from other people. This is before I came into recovery. You know, it was a little bit wanky and, you know, it, it, it was just not, it didn't sound from how it was described to me. It yeah. didn't sound like anything that I was going to enjoy. It just sounded like it was just these classes for, for really um, just for, you know, it, it just wasn't really for me. As yeah. it was described here, it was for really wanky people. So I thought, yeah. I did. So they do a, an on-ramp here, uh, yeah. like four weeks. I did the on-ramp. They did the baseline on in the in the first class. Dude, yeah. God, I fell on the floor. <laughs> and I literally got back up and I said, what the hell is this? He's going, yeah. he just literally pulled me up and he went, welcome to CrossFit. And I kid you not, I've never looked back since. It was yeah. the most incredible thing because I did mixed martial arts when I was, you know, when I was younger and I did it competitively, you know, in my early 20s. But the one thing I really, really enjoy still every single time, you know, with CrossFit, which really relates to the fellowship is that community. Mm-hmm. You know, CrossFit has done something really incredible where they've built this, this community around, you know, healthy mind, healthy body, you know, and the fellowship is all about, you know, healthy mind, healthy body, healthy spirit. You know, it's all about kind of bringing it all together. And I've started to kind of to bring a few people from the fellowship into CrossFit. And I've got a couple of friends who, who train with me as well. And um, I loved what you just said there. You know, that for me would be an absolute dream. I'm, I'm studying to do my level one at the moment. You know, yeah. I, fell in love with it. So I want to keep doing this. And, you know, and my goal is to, is to one day, you know, open a box, you know, so to, to do something similar, you know, because I think it's so powerful what you've done to, yeah. to combine the two and to give back in a sense where, and I think you, you would have found this. I found this myself where recovery gives us our life back. You know, you, you hear this in the rooms all the time, you know, you get your life back, everything seems to come back and, sometimes quickly, sometimes slowly, but it seems to be quickly a lot of the times, right? If you're doing your program and you do this stuff properly and, you know, you're kind of living that life every day. And as you said at the beginning, you put your program first. Yeah. The doors just keep opening all the time. And um, I love your passion with with this stuff, man, and, and what you've done. I think it's, it's so incredible because I think combining the two together, helps people to to kind of get clarity around the mind, and especially with us. You know, I know a lot of addicts, you talked about your emotions and we touched on that. You know, we're so, we're very intelligent people. We're super sensitive, you know, and we struggle with, with our emotions, you know. So having something where that can help us to to increase self-esteem and to, to help us feel good in kind of all of those parts, I think it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. And have you seen that change in, in people that are kind of coming through the doors and every day? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you see people coming for the first time and now they're, they've been here for like three months, haven't missed a day and they're, they're 
you know, they're in it. They love it. They, they love the pain that it brings, you know, in a good way, the, the yeah. good pain that it brings. Yeah. Yeah. Man, it's just so cool. We just, we just try to suck people in to, to what we're doing. And we just, you know, if, if there's somebody new, we just, you know, help them out as, as much as they need and, and just hope they enjoy that experience so much that they come back and just like, we just want everybody around here to do what we're doing so we can just hang out with people all day and, and you know, work out. <laughs> oh, it's amazing, man. And do you, have you seen, so this is kind of an interesting question, something that popped into my head. Have you found that mixing the two, has it helped people with their sobriety as well? I think so, 100%. Um, I think a lot of people just get, and again, this is, uh, this is just kind of my experience. I needed something outside of the rooms, outside of the fellowship that, you know, is, is, is there in, in the rooms. And I needed something to work towards, you know, outside of it. And, and I find so much joy in, in working out. And then just kind of when you put the two together and just, like I said, surround yourself with other people, it's, it's a no brainer really. Um, now I'm kind of, kind of just had a brain fart. What was the question that you said again? Did you, do you find that people? Oh, help other people. Yeah. yeah. Do you think oh. it's helped with their recovery? I think so. I think so. Cause we got a lot of strong people. I say strong in the sense of program strong, you know, they're doing the deal, they're working. And so people are coming and they're meeting people. They're finding their sponsor there. They're, you know, they're finding people to hang out with. So it it really is, it really does help people if if they stick around and they want to be a part of it, guaranteed it helps them. You know, now we're, we're all in this together. We're all brothers and sisters in this together. Yeah, man. It's awesome, man. Absolutely yeah. awesome. I love that stuff, man. I think it's so powerful. So what's um, what's kind of, I guess, in, in a CrossFit world, you know, there's been, what's kind of your, your goal now? You know, where did you finish in, in the regionals this year? 14th. 14th. So what's... So I had two top 10 finishes. I had two 11th place finishes, a 22nd place, and then my downfall, which was the handstand walks. Ah. Uh, we had the handstand walk upstairs and then down the ramp. Yeah. So, you know, um, that was uh, – my goal was to not finish last in that workout. And I didn't. I came in 38th place. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, I know what I need to work on. Mm-hmm. I think my fitness is, is good enough to advance to the next level. And that's kind of where I see myself. That's what I want to do with this is, is, you know, make it to the big show, you know, get yeah. to the game. So I just have to clean up a few things and continue to work on those weaknesses that I don't necessarily want to work on. And I think just doing that and continuing to do that on a daily basis will get me there. So that's where I see myself. Yeah. What's the goal? Do you reckon you, is your kind of aim to, to try and get to the games next year? Yeah. Yeah. 
I always kind of envisioned I'd be going individual to regionals in 2019. So next year, but I made it this year and did really well. So why not? Yeah. I want to go to the games next year for sure. Yeah, man. And, and, and it looks like you, it's almost like you, uh, you put yourself to the test this year and, and you saw, yeah. you know, where you've yeah. achieved. And listen, you even come 14th in the regionals itself is incredible. Do you know what I mean? Competing with, as you yeah. said, you know, some of the names that are, you know, worldwide, let alone in your region as well, um, yeah. is absolutely fantastic, man. I think somebody said to me, and I, and I keep hearing it quite a lot, just for you to suck at CrossFit, you know, you've got to be really, really good, you know, so to be at the level that you are is, um, it's insane. You know, I, yeah, man, I, I tell you what, I take my hat off to you, man. And I'll be, uh, I'll be supporting brother all, all the way through, man. And I hope you do get through next year and, and get to thank that. Thank you. Yeah, no, absolutely. Well, listen, man, thank you so much for, for coming on you know just for coming on and, and talk to me you know just being honest and you know about your your story your journey everything that you you've been through um getting into crossfit and kind of combining the two together i wish you nothing but success man i, I really really do and i hope your your journey continues and i cannot wait to see what the game's next year man thank you it'll be good brother it was awesome coming on and speaking. I, I, I love getting together with, um, you know, just just anybody who, who wants to talk about uh, CrossFit. And then, yeah, the recovery aspect. And then it's, you know, 100%. Yeah. yeah. Man. So, no, that was, that was really awesome. And, and thank you so much for having me on. No, absolutely. And we'll, you know, we'll, we'll stay in touch as well. And uh, yeah. I have plans to come over to the U.S. I want to visit yeah. some of the boxes so i think i'm definitely going to come down to yours and uh and try out the uh the yeah some of the workouts there man so yeah, you awesome. got it. cool brother well listen thank you so much listen guys thank you so much for listening um if you have any questions around you know recovery around crossfit you know where to find us